Welcome to the Turning Point Church Podcast. We pray that this message takes root in your heart and bears fruit in your life. For additional messages and other resources, you can visit us at www.tpoint.church. Father, we thank you tonight for the privilege of being in your house. David said, all the days of my life, I just want to be in the house of the Lord, to behold the beauty of the Lord. Father, I pray we will see the beauty of the Lord in this house. Guide us, lead us by your spirit as you said you would. Lord, reveal your word to us. I pray that we will grow in this hour. Lord, that we will accomplish your will. I pray that personally you will speak to each one of us. That we will be benefited by the word of God tonight. You establish our thoughts, order our steps. When we leave this place, Lord, we will be more mature. We will be more of a follower of Christ. We will have more understanding, more wisdom, more strength from the spirit of God. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I commit myself right now to you as, as the teacher here tonight. Lord, I commit my body to you. Lord, you use my expressions, the movement of my hands. Lord, the tone of my voice. Whatever you need to do to express your word here tonight. Lord, I yield myself as a living sacrifice unto you. And thank you for your anointing. And I give you glory in Jesus' name. Everybody agrees with me? Say amen. And before you're seated, just right quickly, just say hello to at least a couple of people and uh, let them know that uh, they're here tonight. Amen. We're going to get right on into uh, the word here tonight and some, some uh, you know, we're in a time of prayer and fasting uh, as a church. Pastor uh, ministered uh, Sunday on that this is going to be a time of reopening the wells. And as you know, the Lord just spoke by his spirit to us a couple of weeks ago about uh the shovel's in the ground. I saw a shovel come in tonight. Praise God. I like that. Uh, and uh, to remove that which is in the way of the wells of revival and the outpouring of God's spirit that has happened even in this area that we live in that happened years, decades ago. God did a mighty outpouring of his work, changed a lot of lives, changed this community and God wants to do it again we need his spirit more than ever y'all agree with that 
We need an outpouring of God's presence. We need his counsel. We need his power. We need his strength. We need the gifts of the Spirit manifested. There's people that are hurting, sick, in bondage. There's all kinds of needs that only the power of God can do. And so those wells, like Jacob's uh, redug the wells, and so the, 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 the wells that need to be redug, the dirt, the enemy threw that dirt in there. What is it that the enemy has put between you and the fullness of what God has for you? What is it that is in our own lives that's the dirt of the enemy, so to speak, and that is, is keeping us from getting to the waters of refreshing? keeping us from getting to that living water in the fullness that, that we need. And so to symbolically, we're not physically redigging wells, but in the spirit we are. And we're going to reach into the wells of salvation. We're going to reach into the wells of, of the living water, the spirit of God. And uh, there's nothing that the enemy has put in the way that cannot be removed. You've got to believe that. How many of you believe that uh, uh, prayer can make a difference? You say amen. Do you believe also that prayer and fasting can make a difference? The, uh, uh, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, both fasting is mentioned. So it's not an Old Testament thing. It's, it's a, a thing that we as believers and followers of God have the privilege of experiencing so that we may be in an encounter with God. The Hebrew word for fasting uh, and the Greek word for fasting in the New Testament, basically they both mean the abstinence from food. The literal Hebrew translation would be not to eat. The literal Greek means no food. And so it's interesting that the first thing that God ever said no to, to man, was a food item. So it's not really surprising that abstinence from food, because man disobeyed that, abstinence of that one food, that the abstinence of food might have some role in our way back to that recovery of what's been lost with God. Because through not obeying God in that one abstinence, man lost his relationship with God as he knew it and lost the blessings of God, literally was taken out of the garden of blessings and provision and put into a world of labor and toil and whatever. But through Jesus Christ, praise God, we can be brought back into that. But so it doesn't uh, really surprise me that sometimes what we, what we do to express our earnestly, uh, earnestness to be close to God, to be as close as we can, and to remove anything between us and God that food could play a part in that, in the abstinence of food. Are you with me on that? 
And so what, I, what I'm doing in this teaching tonight, because I know that probably I'm in a room here with many that uh, you've heard a lot of teaching through the years uh, on prayer and fasting. Even maybe some of you have taught it, studied it yourself. What I, the, the things that I want to bring out are not necessarily all things that you haven't heard before. But it is good to reiterate those things, but also... I'm drawing from my own personal experiences because I think a person can uh, best speak from their own experience. Just like if you're telling about the salvation of Jesus, testify about your own. <laughs> Tell somebody what Jesus did for you. It's like the man who says, I once was blind, but now I see. That's all I can tell you. You know, when they were saying, give an answer, tell your story. So, so a lot of these things are things that I've learned from my, uh, from my own story of learning about prayer and fasting. And I didn't learn, I grew up in, a, in, in an atmosphere of prayer, and I learned about prayer uh, in, in a lot of ways, but fasting came later in, uh, in my life, and it was early in my adult life, but but it didn't come to me as, as, as a teenager or whatever. I was in my 20s before I really uh, understood what people were talking about fasting and, and so forth and really took it to heart and found the value uh, of it. Uh, let me tell you, fasting will get you there faster. Fasting fastens your heart to God. And fasting is feasting on God rather than on something else. It's feasting on his presence. So I want you to say this with me. Faster, I mean fasting, will get me there faster. <laughs> fasting will fasten me to God. And fasting is a feast on his presence. Amen. Fasting promotes confession, repentance, submission, to God, supplication, it promotes supernatural acts of God, revelation, acceleration, freedom of spirit, promotes direction and the defeat of the enemy forces on the earth and in the heavens. Now everything that I've just named there is supported by scripture as well as some of these things I've experienced in my own life. Prayer and fasting are married together. Now, follow me on this. They're entwined together as one with the purpose of being one with God. Uh, the, fasting is a way that we touch God, but also the way He touches the, the way that He touches us. And so fasting is that connection with God that we're both affected by one another. When people are in trouble and they need mercies of God and there are occasions in the word where, the, like Jehoshaphat, God, we're surrounded by our enemies and he called for prayer and fasting and the Lord spoke through his spirit, this battle is not yours but it's the Lord. Stand and see the salvation of God. And instead of singing the, sending the soldiers first, they had the revelation of sending the singers first. And the enemy was completely defeated without Jehoshaphat and God's people and Judah 
even having to touch them. They found the enemy defeated and got all the spoils. Well, uh, that's, that's pretty awesome that when they went to touch God, God touched them with revelation and with his word and with his message. And so it's a, it's a, it's a combining with God. But some people divorce prayer and fasting. And I want to try to give you an example of what I, I mean by that they're married. Prayer is inherent. I mean, fasting is inherent in the spirit of prayer. Do we always use fasting? No. But consider this. Each one of us in here has gifts and talents and calling. Would you agree with that? But are you always using those? Is the need always there for that particular gift or talent? No, but when the appropriate time is there, you can call on that God-given gift, praise God, and it can do a work. That's the way that, there. how did fasting even begin? Somebody had to have the heart to, uh, to believe that, boy, my prayers is telling me right now, I don't care about eating, I want God. That's inherent in the spirit of prayer itself. And so sometimes we thought fasting is what we're going to add to prayer. No, it is not. Fasting is of prayer. And when you understand that, then fasting is not necessary always because somebody called to fast. Fasting is on call anytime that the spirit of prayer in you calls on you to fast. We would have more effective prayer if we understood that and were sensitive uh, to that. And so don't divorce the two, just like uh, a divorced marriage will not accomplish, but two, hallelujah, are better than one. Two can put 10,000 to flight. Amen. And so start tonight to see it that they, prayer is a, an element of fast, uh, uh, I mean, excuse me, fasting is an element of prayer and part of the nature of prayer. Just like praising is a part of prayer. Thanksgiving is a part of prayer. Is it not? Is Thanksgiving a prayer? The prayer of Thanksgiving, the word says that it is. Well, so... I really needed to make that point with you tonight, and I think that you will find that prayer and fasting will happen more in your life because God is saying through the spirit of prayer, the unction, that right now that meal is less important than what you are crying out for. And uh, so we will become more disciplined than that. We understand that prayer is a necessity for living for God anyway, don't we? Amen. Fasting is the afterburner of prayer. And, you know, a, a jet can go fast. But there's a time when he needs to go faster. Now he's going to burn more fuel. And it's going to take more power. It's going to take more effort. It's going to be a cost to it. 
but he burns that extra fuel to kick in that afterburner to give that thrust and power to get him somewhere faster. Fasting gets us there faster. It's the afterburner of prayer. It's always that uh, it's the highest level of prayer. It is the platform for prayer. What am I on right now? I'm on a platform. There's a difference between that floor and this floor. When somebody steps up here, things are done and said because there is an expectancy of something from this level of the person who's on this level than the person who's sitting in the pew. Fasting elevates prayer to a place to where there is an expectancy that you didn't have with just prayer. You understand? You agree? Do you, do you believe that we should expect more when we're fasting in prayer? And so we, we elevate. It is, there, I cannot see in the word where that you can have a higher level of prayer than the combination of prayer and fasting. Even Jesus said about the, the demon that couldn't be cast out by his disciples. He said, this kind comes out by what? Prayer and fasting. In other words, there's a level, guys. There's a level here that no enemy can stand against. Hallelujah. There's a level of authority in that prayer, praise God, that can defeat whatever Satan may use against us. Hallelujah. That's good to know, isn't it? So what he was saying is that you need to, you need to, there's a time when you need to, there's certain causes that you need to come to this level. You, you need to come up to the platform and get on the platform of fasting and pray from fasting. It can bring God's influence and power to bear upon people, upon circumstances, where we have no ability. In other words, if God doesn't do it, it ain't going to happen. In other words, when do you, when do you fast? It's, it's the, that which you and I cannot. Sometimes we're praying and asking God to do things that we could have done or had some part in helping, and we just want God to do it for us. This is not what we pray and fast for, okay? We pray and fast for those things that, limit or, or in some way trying to impede the will of God in our lives. Why do we need revival? So we can carry out the will of God in this earth. So we can be a witness through the power of the Holy Spirit. And without the Holy Spirit, we will not be that witness. So we need revival of the Holy Spirit. So what it is what is it that's that's impeding the will of God in your life. And if it's something you cannot remedy and nobody else can, praise God, we do know one with whom nothing is impossible. There's nothing too hard for God. Amen. And we can call upon 
his mercy. Ezra called upon the mercies of God. There's times when you just need the mercies of fasting and, and prayer together is what calls upon the mercies of God and releases the mercies. Now, when you call upon the mercies, the mercies are where the miracles take place. Grace is for our failures and our sins, our weaknesses. In our weakness, his strength is made perfect. His grace is sufficient for us. Grace helps us to live the life he's called us to do, whatever. But there are things that are out of our ability and out of anybody else's ability, and we are too weak, and any act that God does for us is an act of mercy. Amen. No wonder David said, praise the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. When he's facing Goliath, a man <laughs> a bit taller and a bit bigger and a bit more threatening than this kid, but praise God for his mercy. His mercy endures forever. We're calling on God's mercy. We need a revival out of the mercies of God. We don't need a revival because we like revival. We need a revival out of the mercies of God to have mercy on our soul, to have mercy on where we've compromised, have mercy on where we where we stopped when we should have kept going, to have mercy where we've where, where we've any way associated with the world and watered down the gospel or watered down the message of Jesus Christ. We need his mercy. Amen. Now I know I'm preaching. I, I forgot I was supposed to be teaching. Hallelujah. So you need to let prayer work in you rather than you work prayer. Let, let prayer happen. Rather than try to think of a prayer. You get in the way when you do that. If, you let, if you're trying to pray from your head instead of your heart, you're going to try to think how I can impress God. And you may make promises that you're not going to keep. <laughs> Amen. And you start praying a King James Version of prayer. All of a sudden, instead of, you know, you're using these and thou's, oh, Father, thou art the most highest of high and whatever. I don't, there's nothing wrong with those words, but if that's not the way you talk, who are you impressing? So prayer and fasting is not about impressing God. Prayer and fasting is not to garner his favor by the fact that we're praying and fasting. God, don't you see what I'm doing here? That's saying, God, don't you see how good I am? When in reality, prayer and fasting should bring us into a revelation of how good he is. Amen. Oh, God, you're good. God, I don't deserve you. I don't deserve your mercies. But I thank you, Lord, you have been merciful to me. You have been merciful to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all with me in this tonight? Let me tell you, fasting, excuse me. I need water. I'm not fasting now for water. I found out through my own experience, fasting is not the hard part. 
prayer is. It's because that when we've done with that food, then we're stuck with our inexperience in how to really pray. We don't know what to say. And we think, well, I've just, okay, God, I'm giving up my lunch hour. I'm not going to eat. I'm going to pray. Boy, you start out strong. In six minutes, you're done. And then all of a sudden that image of a sandwich shows up. And and we've misconstrued that fasting and prayer is even not about prayer and fasting. It's like, God, I need you. God, I need more of you. God, I don't even know what to say right now. I wish God I had some eloquent prayer for you, but I don't. But can I just empty my hunger to you? Can I just tell you how hungry I am for you? Can I tell you how that sometimes I lay down on my pillow at night and don't feel satisfied like I lived for you very well? Can I tell you sometimes when I'm in church service, God, I just there's just something to me that wants to break and cry. But it's been hard to do so. God, I feel like I, I still believe in you, but I feel like that nothing's moving in me. You think God hears that prayer? Hallelujah. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a contrite heart, he said. These God will not despise. God's not looking for us to impress him with our prayer and fasting. He's looking for broken spirits and contrite hearts. He's looking for people, and he's ready to release his mercies for people that said, God, if you're not with me, I ain't going to make it. I'm coming short of your glory every day. And I don't want to. (laughs) So send your glory. Send your glory. I know I'm inadequate. I know I fall short. I know sometimes I confuse myself. And I say one thing and do another. Forgive me. And Lord, I thank you, O Lord, you're the forgiver of my sins. You see, when you open up to truth, what did Jesus say? He said that those, there's coming today when those who worship me shall worship me in spirit and in truth. This is just not the truth of God's words. It's your truth. Tell God the truth. Funny thing about it, that's worship unto him. That you would honest uh, that you would honor him with honesty. 
Honor him with your honesty. Let's just right now, can I just, I just feel like, can we just take off the table any, any idea or thought that we can impress God? That we are even going to try in this prayer and fasting effort. We're not even going to go there. Oh, God. <laughs> but I am impressed with you. Lord, I want to tell you how impressed I am with you. I'm impressed of those times that you brought me out of trouble and you start naming those times he brought you through. Do you just understand that some of our prayer, and I, 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 I made myself notes here tonight, but they're just more prompters for me and I'm kind of skipping around my whole thing, but I'm trusting the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because we get taken up sometimes how long to pray. I'd rather pray five minutes effectively than an hour of just gibberish. That God is saying, what are you wasting my time for? What are you, what are you wasting your time for? It'd been better you went ahead and eat. Because you're feasting on the need to feed your ego right now. You're feasting on the need to get an answer so you can say, I prayed and God answered. That's not why you need to be speaking to me. So you can put another feather in your cap as a prayer warrior. Am I being too honest tonight? Sustained prayer is the key. He said pray without ceasing. That means that prayer is always happening when you have the unction, pray. If you don't, shut up. Pray and obey. Pray, then obey. Pray, then obey. And if you will have prayer and obedience going in your life, when you're not praying, you're obeying. And when you're not obeying, pray. Pray, then obey. We will have a lot of different life and a lot of different church if we will just pray and obey. Amen. Sustained prayer throughout your life. On the platform of fasting, you've come to another level because we're in a situation here. God, if you don't do it, it ain't going to get done. Pray the word. That's why you need to be familiar with the word because you're speaking the truth. Those are worshiping, so worshiping the spirit and truth. The spirit of prayer is in the word. That way you know your prayer is always accurate. We have this confidence, the word says, that when we pray according to the will of God, he what? He hears us. And if he hears us, we have the petition we ask for. How are you going to know the will of God? This is the will of God. Pray according to the will of God. Pray His word. Pray thanks, like I've already mentioned. Pray thanksgiving. You pray in the Spirit. I don't know what I would do if I didn't have the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit of being able to pray in other tongues as the Spirit gives me utterance. You know, uh, uh, Paul said, uh, let me, let me get the, the, this uh, scripture. He says in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, 16, he said, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding. In other words, I'll pray what I know to pray and then the Spirit helps me to pray sometimes and I pray in the Spirit. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. You see, so God, we've got prayer covered. 
Hallelujah, the Spirit helps us with groanings that cannot be uttered. Sometimes I found prayer just be a groan. And listen, Mama and Daddy, if you've ever heard a baby that hadn't learned how to talk yet, but you knew they were either hungry or hurting according to the sound they made, and you responded, don't think that our Heavenly Father doesn't know just by the sound we make. Whether it's a language or not, but that language of the sound of the heart is that which speaks unto God. And sometimes you go into a prayer time and all you can do is, oh, oh. Anybody beside me ever have a time where you just groaned? Oh, my son, hallelujah, hallelujah. God knows what the groan means. He knows what the groan says. I can tell you I'm a testimony of that. There's been times, God, I didn't have anything else to pray, but God, here, my heart hurts. Pray the praise. You'd always got something to praise. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Lord, you're the greatest. There's no one like you. Lord, I, I, I thank you, Lord. You're the God of wonders. You're the God of miracles. You're the God of salvation. You're the Lamb of sacrifice. Lord, there's none like you. <laughs> hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We so focus on thinking fasting is the hard part and we haven't learned how to pray. We just try to learn to keep from eating something. Really? Just shut the refrigerator. That's much easier than to learn how to pray. The disciples didn't ask Jesus, teach us how to fast. He said, teach us how to pray. And Jesus taught them how to pray. They knew what prayer was, but they saw a difference. They saw the difference of his results. And they saw that prayer happened at any time with him. They saw sometimes it was long or sometimes it was short. Sometimes he just say, Father, I thank you, you've heard me. Lazarus, come forth. And a miracle would happen. Other times he'd spend the night up in the mountain praying and come down. While they were out on the boat, he'd come walking on the water. You see, the level of your platform should be in respect to the level of your need. If you have great need going on in your life and you just say, well, I'm going to fast chocolate. I'm not going to eat chocolate. But there's a tremendous need of mercy for God. I don't think chocolate's going to do it. I don't think that says how serious you are. I think fasting makes a statement. My wife and I were talking about this before church today. And we were talking about it, and she was talking about how you need to be focused. You need to have a purpose for your fast. Not fast to fast or pray just to pray. What is our purpose as a church right now? 
get the wells open again of revival and the outpouring of his Holy Spirit to come in and take us over in this place. Amen. I mean, take us over, God. Hallelujah. Take us over. You run this church. You guide this church. You empower this church. You grow this church. Amen. You do your wonders and miracles here. You save in this house. You deliver in this place. God, you bring us up as a people to where we can't keep quiet about it when we go out of this place. We have to talk about it outside this place. We cannot contain you any longer. You have so filled us. We cannot contain you. Amen. Hallelujah. So aim for that. Say, God, I pray for your outpouring that will stir us and move us that we will no longer be ourselves. It will be no longer us who lives, but Christ who lives within us. And the life we now live, we live by the faith of the Son of God. Pour out your spirit. Manifest the gifts of your spirit. Manifest the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues, the, the gift of the interpretation of tongues, the discerning of spirits. To begin to name those gifts, the gift of working of miracles, oh God. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that all this is ours through your spirit. We want it. God, we want your spirit. We want your spirit, oh Lord. Hallelujah. See, it's, it's the desperateness in our heart that's been given a platform through prayer and fasting. And I can tell you, fasting becomes easy when you have the spirit of prayer. When you're in the spirit of prayer, you ain't thinking about eating nothing on this earth. You're thinking about feasting. You're feasting with God. The last thing you're thinking about is some kind of food. You're enjoying the presence of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So you can fast, but if you don't pray, you're just on a diet. And please don't pray and fast for a diet. You may lose weight, but that should not be your motive. If you want to fast to lose weight, fine, but don't pretend it's something spiritual. Y'all still love me. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we're going to have some prayer here. And but let me tell you, and I shared this, this uh, example of a testimony, just one testimony in the Red Conference. And so I know some of you that are in the Red Conference, you'll hear it the second time. But uh, for some reason, this is the example that God brought to my mind to use tonight. When we were traveling, doing evangelistic work back in the 70s, we had our team with us, and, and uh, we were asked to come to a youth camp in Texas. We were ministering every night and singing in that place. And, and, uh, but I, I had felt in my heart there was a hunger in me, so I, I, I just called myself to a prayer and fasting. God, I, I, I don't have enough. And, Whatever it is I'm missing, I'm missing something. And I know that the answer's in you. All I know is I need to pray, pray and fast. And I think it would have been the 10th day 
It wasn't. It's the tenth day. And so I was not eating. I was just just drinking. And um, it was they they fed us a meal before the evening service. And so I went up to the tent where the meal was and met with the team there. And and they were all eating a good meal and whatever. And and uh, and I'm not eating. I'm just fellowshipping. And then all of a sudden, just for this uh, urgency in me, rose in my spirit to go to our bus. And I, and I mean, it was like an urgency. I told everybody, I said, excuse me, i got to go to the bus. I didn't tell them what for. I just said, i got to go to the bus. Went down to the bus. Went in back to, into our bedroom. God, I don't know what this is for, but I know I'm supposed to be here. And I just began to pray, worship it. Well, it wasn't, I mean, it didn't take but just a few minutes. The Lord said, I want you to sell this bus. Now, this is our the first bus we had ever had. It took a lot to obtain it, and we had to customize it, and we were just about finished customizing the inside, put bedrooms in it and living room, everything like that, and, and uh, took money and time. And, and I said, well, God, <laughs> I said, um, uh, I said, you know, I said, this, this was such a work and, and labor and, and not easy to obtain. You know I want everybody another one <laughs> if you tell. And, uh, and, but I said, if you're, if you're wanting me to do this, that's what I, I'll do. And I knew that, that I knew. See, when you're, when you're just in that spiritual entwining with God, you're married with him, you know it's him talking. When you've been fasting and praying for 10 days, you're hearing his voice. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. I was released, and suddenly I was released from the fast. Not because I wanted to, I just, I just knew. Have y'all ever felt just the release of the Spirit? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just where something just, and you just know it's changed, something turned. Well, the very next morning, and I, I called my dad, who was, be, uh, answer our phone for us while we were on the road. I said, Dad, just checking with you, see if you got any messages or anything, whatever we need to know. He said, well, I have a message for you. It came in uh, yesterday. He said, uh, a man from Colorado called and said he heard that you had your bus for sale and wants to talk to you. And I said, well, I didn't even know we had our bus for sale until last night myself. Now, that was astounding. I called the man in Colorado, and I talked to him, and I said, uh, here, you're interested in our bus? He said, yeah, I heard you had it for sale. And he said, how much you asking? Well, I'd already determined. You know, I thought that out before I called him, and because God said sell the bus. I didn't have a choice in it. I named my price. He said, that's, that's great. He said, can I meet you in Dallas Airport? I'll bring a cashier's check to you. And it was one week later. And uh, we went ahead, and I felt like we should finish out the little work that we were there. I felt like we should be that kind of steward. We finished out that work that week, drove it to Dallas Airport the next week, met him in, at the terminal. He gets off the airplane, comes on to the bus, hands us a cashier's check, and drives off our bus and takes it to Colorado. But that's not all the story. That's pretty astounding itself. 
Since then, we've had we had two other buses in our ministry through the years when we were on the road. We never bought one. They were both given to us. Never had to buy another bus. And even in the beginning of this church, when we started this church, and we were meeting in the Middle Tennessee Association of Realtors place over here, we had one meeting room and a small kitchen. We didn't have any classrooms for kids. And we were growing already. I said, and God gave the idea about school buses converting to classrooms. God gave us two school buses, and we converted those to classrooms. People would drive up there every Sunday morning, and we didn't have to pay for those either. I don't know about you. I think that's the way to live. I think that when you get on the platform and you want to go to a higher place in the presence and the blessings of God, you get on the platform of fasting and pray from your platform of fasting and watch God. Watch God. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Turning Point Church. To stay connected, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on social media. If you're in the Middle Tennessee area, we'd love for you to join us for a Sunday or midweek service. God bless you and have a wonderful week.